Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's Monday night, kids. You know what that means. Another episode of The Loud Pedal. I am joined by my co-host, Big Daddy, Michael Clark Griswold. What's up, everyone? And, of course, me, the mouth. Our guest tonight, the one, the only, the Shillington Slingshot, Kenny, Mr. Excitement, Bright Bill. Thank you for coming on the show, Kenny. Thank you. How are you doing on this wonderful evening? Good. Good. So how did your illustrious career, how did that all begin and when? Uh, it all started in uh, 68. Um, uh, I started going in the pits. I was eight, I think I was 18 years old. 18, yeah, I was 18. And uh, just looking around, I never intended to drive a race car. <laughs> and uh, started hanging around one of the crews there. They, and... Uh, wasn't too long that uh, they asked. They started asking me to go along to the to Nazareth to the mile track. Uh, Davy Marburger was driving the car, so I started helping out. And next thing you know, it wasn't long. I was, he, he driver used to tell me to turn the wedge bolts. You know, do this, do that, put it in the car. And and uh, after a while, uh, the car always worked good when the track was wet, but when it dried out car didn't go good so uh i said to the guy that owned the car i said uh you know you need to change some springs or something on this car to make it work better and he said what the hell do you know you're just a kid (laughs) so anyways that sort of gave me a little determination that i was going to show him that i knew what i was talking about which i really didn't but i was you know so the next thing you know it they had a, uh, a motor that blew up, and they had a block there, and and uh, I asked them what they were going to do with it, and it needed two sleeves, and they said they were going to junk it. I said, could I have it? And I, So I took that, and then there was, I seen in the race paper there was a car for sale in Birdsboro, and uh, it was an old Harry Moore car that he used to drive uh, in Jersey on the asphalt. And... They wanted 3500 Well, I didn't have no money. But he had an old coupe out on the, an old 37 Ford coupe out on the parking lot that uh, the frame was broke off. So it was just the, the body and the old frame and front axle and the seat in it. And uh, I said, how much for that one? He said, $35. I said, I'll take that one. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so that's how... <laughs> So I got that thing home, and I couldn't take it home because my parents were old Dutch people, and they didn't, it had nothing to do with the racing. So uh, where they kept the other car, I asked the guy if I could put it out behind the shop, tread all the weeds down, and 
we take the rolling cables out the window to work on it, and that's how we got our start. Holy crap, that's uh, <laughs> that's different for sure from uh, how most people get their start, especially you know just eighteen wandering around the pits, and then you end up end up in a car for thirty five dollars. Yeah, for thirty five, it costs you thirty five dollars <laughs> to get your racing career going. <laughs> well, I needed a rear yet and other stuff, you know, which I eventually bought, and uh, then. Uh, I've used an old dump truck that my brother used on his business to get it to the track the first couple of times. And then my other brother, he used to have a, a huckster route, and he, he had an old panel van, and uh, he stopped using that thing and was sitting there, and he said, I asked him what he was going to do with it. He said, junk it. Hmm. So I, he said, I said, can I have it? He said, yeah. So that's what he used in the first year to hold the rest of the year. I cut the whole back of it out so the car would go up in it, and that's, that's what we started with. And then we only ran, I think that year I might have, I don't know, 20-some races at Reading, but I only ever qualified for one. Oh, wow. At Reading. At Reading. Now, that's we only had a 318, and then back then they were running okay. 350s and just starting to run 427s, you know. Mm-hmm. But we, it was actually like a sportsman car for Grandview. But I went there because I was trying to get it figured I was going to eventually run there so I get more experience, you know. So that's how we, you know, I, that's why I went there, put it that way. So you, so you put this car together that you buy for $35, and then you you uh, pretty much, I'm sure, nickel and dime the whole car together just to get a car on the track. Did you ever win with that specific car? No. No? Okay. I think the best we were running with it was third at Grandview one time, and the battery fell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, back then, there was, <laughs> I had nobody to, you know, to, to help me or guide me or anything. I just had to learn everything on my own. Sometimes and, that's uh, the best, though. <laughs> so <laughs> it just took a lot longer. And, uh, well, just to tell you how dumb I was, uh, they had uh, – uh, Tires. I went to buy tires for that, for that year, and back then they had race masters that were 100, 200, 300, and 400. So I figured, well, I'll buy the 400s because they'll last longer, not knowing I won't have any other traction. Everybody's running 100s. <laughs> and, and I ran with them things all year, and then toward the end of the year, some guy that, uh, Liam Manchester, and there was another guy from Jersey, and he come down to my car one night, and he says, said, what the hell are you doing with them tires on your car? I said, I don't know. I thought that's what you, <laughs> you know. So he said he got me some recaps, and I went to Grandview. It was one of the last races of the year, and the car wasn't was never so fast as it was that night, that day. And we ended up just about, you know, we flipped it over, but didn't land on the roof, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So And, and the other thing was I didn't know anything about motors, so there was a guy that where they kept the car. He used to work on motors, so I used to just stand behind him and watch, watch what he did, you know. And I bought hot rod magazines and and uh, seen if there was anything in them to learn about motors. And that's how I picked up stuff on motors and started learning. That's amazing. You're you're self you're you're self taught. Well, pretty much. <laughs> and it turned out well. <laughs> Yeah, I think you did okay with that, teaching yourself. You did not bad. Well, you you, you become a quick learner after a while, you know what I mean? You start picking yeah. things up and and uh, 
just doing what you can, you know. I didn't have a whole lot of money to, to begin with, you know. So what 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 got you started? When did you decide, like, I'm going to start building my own chassis? Well, actually, from the get-go, we built our own cars right away. Okay. After I brought that first car, you know, the next year, uh, it was a 37 Ford sedan. Okay. Um, I, I ended up building the whole car in the garage at, uh, you know, Eventually, my parents found out about it, and, uh, <laughs> and I put it in the garage here at the old farm. And uh, Tobias used to bend up roll bars, you know. Okay. You could go up there, and he'd bend up the roll bars, and I took them home, and we ended up rolling a car together, and that was the first car. So were you a welder by trade already, no. or is that something you taught yourself to? We learn on our own everything. <laughs> oh wow, that's just amazing. That that's amazing. So you never, you never actually. So is it safe to say you've never actually raced like an Olsen or a show car, anything like that? Oh, we, uh, when I ran for other guys, we did. Okay. Uh, uh, I built my own cars all the way, most of the all the way up into the two thousand. I I built a lot of the cars myself, but like when I went. When I drove for uh, statewide, they had bought a weld car. Okay. And I think they bought one car, and all the rest of them I built. The Pinto I had the seven. Uh, and I built that one in '76 or '77, and drove had drove that car up until 1980. That's the one I won the 200 at Milltown with. Yep. And. Um, so we probably run that car steady for three years, that same car. Oh, wow. That one probably, I'm, I'm just guessing, had 80, 100 wins on it. I'm not sure. <laughs> so back to Redding, you've raced against probably uh, just nothing but Lenges. Uh, who was your toughest competitor there? Well, there was a lot of them. Well, Tobias, Chamberlain, Gerhardt, uh, Let's see. Earl Durr was there. Um, Harry Moore, Mose Moore, Red Coffin, Freddie Adams, Donny Kreitz, Dick Qualio. There's a lot of guys. So, uh, yeah. yeah, what was your? Uh, obviously, Reading was your, you know the track that you had the most wins at. Would you say that Reading was your your, your most favorite track to race at as well? Well, when I started, they ran two nights a week there, and uh, then they closed in 78. But, it, well, it would have been my favorite track. It was my home track. It was only, like, 10 miles from where we lived. Right. So we ran mostly there, and then we Penn National opened in 72, and then we went there. And in between there, we had hit maybe Flemington, and then Bridgeport opened in 72, too. So we hit... Uh, we started traveling more then too, you know, the more you, as you got a little better at racing, then we, we started to try other tracks. Right. Now I know you have a, a decent amount of wins. Do you, do you have an actual number on the championships you've won of your career? I know you're kind of more of a traveler, you know, you went, you raced more, I, I would, I guess you would say more for money than, than more so than championships. Uh, I don't really know. I have four at Reading. I know that. Track championships. Uh, okay. Uh, I had at least one at Flemington, I think. One or two at maybe East Windsor. 
um, Penn National, Delaware. Um, the, that's the, the Delaware one came later in your career, correct? Yeah, that was around 209 or 210, somewhere around that, that point. Okay. It's one track that I still haven't made it to, and I need to get down there. Now, out of all the big major races you've won, Eastern States, the Victoria 200, Daniel Boone 200, 76er, on and on, which, which one was the biggest one for you in your career, for you personally? Well, they were all good races and, and good races to win, and, you know, to go up to Fulton and win a race is, yeah. was, you know, wasn't our home track or something like that there. It's, you know, it's always good to win when you go away, you know, different places. We've, I don't know. I wouldn't say any of them are better than the other. They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> they all paid, right? <laughs> they all paid money. And, and good money. <laughs> I guess Fulton. I mean, yeah, Fulton was uh, twenty grand to win. I think that was in '96. I think it was. Oh, nice. It still pays the same today, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to inform you, Kenny. Twenty, thirty, forty years later, it's still the same. <laughs> That hasn't changed at all. Um, so when you're building chassis, did you, like, start experimenting with stuff? Did you get, like, Bob McCready with your cars? Bob McCready-ish, I should say, like, kind of mad scientist, play with this, do this, try this. Hey, let's, if we try something like this, it might do that. Uh, well, I got together with Donnie Kreitz, and uh, uh, we started building over at his place. He had built a couple frames, and then we redone them all, re- redone the, the the frames, and just tried to come up with a simple chassis to build. You know, at the point in time, I think at one point we had done forty or fifty of them. One of the years that we were building frames, but we didn't build full cars. We just built the frames. A lot of guys put. I think we might have then did about four of them because I was racing full time at the time too, so. We we did uh, mostly just frames, and the people put their own bodies on and finished them out. So did you build cars for other other drivers as well, or just your own cars? Yes, yes. Okay. That's did you na- cool. did you name them? Did you name like a, <laughs> the Kenny Brightfield special or anything like that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of chassis? Are you like, oh, it's just a Brightfield chassis. Nothing special. All right. <laughs> Well, how did you get into Dirt Late Model? Because you're also in the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. How did that all come about? Uh, well, Reading was closing, and I seen that uh, they were paying some big money running late models. Uh, that NDRA started paying 10000 to win. Uh, and it was, I think I started going to some of them uh, the last year that Reading ran, which was 79. And I built a car and started running some of them tracks you know tried you know went south we didn't yeah. do real good at first took a little while till we got going but uh and then for about uh, i guess from 80 to 86 we pretty much ran late miles all over uh, we didn't have a whole lot of money and i ran for a lot of times i left with a couple hundred dollars in my pocket and had, had to make sure i made enough to get home yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what's the gas money paying tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a, a year or two there I ran for Brad Malkett from Ohio. He, he had pretty good equipment. and We had um, won some decent races, Hagerstown, Brownstown, yep. Indiana. Yep. Um, 
down in uh, North Carolina. We won two or two races down there. And um, let's see, where else did we go? Delaware, you you got to win at Delaware in late model, don't you? Yeah, we might. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I know one time okay. they had a special at the end of the year, and we took two cars. I know. And I probably had a, you know, I might have had a win there at uh, US 13 with it. US 13. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking online here now, Kenny. It says, yeah, you got one at US 13, uh, Lincoln, Williams Grove. Uh, right, got, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, Woodhall, New York, do you have a win at a late model? Oh, you went up there no. with a late model at Woodhall? No, no Woodhall would have been uh, Billy Taylor's car. Okay. Uh, the number one. Uh, Phil Chevrolet car. Yep. That's we won Woodhull with that one on the on the third series. Okay. It, it says online that you have uh, you've got you've won at ten different tracks in the late model. Okay, I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah, you just show up and just yeah, whatever, right? It, it, we were, uh, so I can tell you true. that we were leading at uh, Pennsboro, West Virginia. Okay. It was the Hillbilly 100. We. Uh, uh, it was uh, I think it was twenty grand to win, and we ended up running out of gas with a lap and a half to go. We had a half a lap lead on the second place guy. Oh, that's terrible! Oh. Wow. So that was that was one that was uh, hard to take. <laughs> oh man! And who, whose fault was it for the miscalculation and fuel? And do you still talk to him today? <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy that owned the car. Here the tank. Here the gas tank that he bought. She usually ran alcohol. And he okay. bought a fuel cell, and it only held 19 gallons, which it was supposed to hold uh, 22. And then the other problem we had was uh, during the race, Freddie Smith uh, would stop and bring out a yellow and go in and change his car, and he stopped the race seven times. <laughs> so that that didn't help either, you know what I mean? Yeah, extra laps, of course. Yeah, so wow, if we wouldn't have been for that, we might have made it. But you know, so not on the brakes, I guess. That's what that's racing. Oh, so you told me you were three gallons of fuel short. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's uh, for twenty thousand dollars too, right? <laughs> oh man, oh man. Yeah, I'd still be pissed off about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how how much of a transition was it going from from a modified to a late model? Oh, back then it wasn't that much difference. Uh, they're nothing like they are today. You know, they're right. It looks like they're a real handful to drive today. But back then, they, you pretty much had to keep them under. You're just the same as a modified. You know. Okay. Now they're all cookie cutter. So. Yeah. Yeah. The fun is out of it. No more innovation really anymore. Pretty much. Like it was always fun. Like you go to Syracuse. Yeah, I know you've been there a lot. Um, Seeing what kind of something that Bob McCready would come up like a body style, like what's Bob up to? You know, here comes the mad scientist himself. Right. Everybody had something different when they you kind you come out, you know. Yeah. And back in the Reading days, everybody's body looked a little bit different. Now they all look the same. Yeah, it kind of. I mean, it is what it is. I guess it's what he evolved into. But all right. Um, who who came up with the sail panels in those East Windsor cars? Well, everybody, they all had sail panels then, but that we had, you know, whatever we we built to the rules, you know. Right. They had rules on it, so we just built to whatever rule you had for sail panels. Now they had some run with your brung shows where you could add whatever you wanted to add on to it. 
Okay, I have a question. Um, one of our listeners, probably our only one, wants to know if you actually really used a garage door to put on one of your cars at one of those Run What You Brung races. Is that true? <laughs> no. It was all sheet metal, but everybody said it looked like a, I slapped the garage door in the front of the... <laughs> in other words, because when we ran the late model, they had a big, long nose. Yes. So for the Rummy Bronx show, I used my modified, and I, I built a whole framework with a long nose on like a late model, and it was all sheet metal, and then it okay. came up over and it stopped there, and so it looked like I slapped the garage door in the front of my car. That would be funny if it was like a remote, too. <laughs> automatic garage door on Kenny's one of Kenny's cars. <laughs> so how much how much fun were those run with your brung shows? Because the fans absolutely yeah we enjoyed those. enjoyed those shows huge. But I, I always hear that the drivers didn't like them as much as the fans did. Well, it was always a lot of work to try to get ready, you know. And then and when you got there, sometimes you didn't have enough stuff on, you know, or. You could keep adding more. You know what I'm saying? It, right. It, it really gets tough if they don't have no rules and they just keep adding stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? Spring car wings, drag, all kinds of stuff, right? I know. So I'm, I know at some tracks the guys were they were over ten feet high on the left side with the oh, ten feet I, I all, all the way down the side. Yeah. I see. Yeah. What, it, yeah, what is that supposed to do? Give you more uh, bite when it rolls into the corner? Well, it holds you from getting sideways. Ten feet? Yeah. That thing never tipped over like the Flintstone thing when they put the big ribs on it and his car tips over? Well, it, it would pull the left, the left front tire off all the time, you know, when, wow. they, when the guy had it on there. That's crazy. You've seen them late models where they put them, they're over yes. eight feet high and they go all the way down the left side. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, insane. that's insane. Okay. I just, mean, from, hey. just from the pictures, it, makes it, look, it looks like it would be really hard to drive. No, they ain't hard to drive. It it just goes in there and just goes right around the corner if you have everything right. <laughs> That's like a big billboard on this, like literally a billboard on the side. Of That's it. <laughs> have you ever done that? I want to run what your Bronx shows. Use like a, a billboard off a highway. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> everything is, you know, they got to be built pretty good or they're going to be ripped off. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a lot of yeah. pressure on them. I mean, if you, if you made one, though, and put your sponsor on there, I'm sure they'd love it to have that huge advertisement on there. Yeah, they don't even care what you do. they got free advertisement <laughs> for, like, a lap or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back out of your whole career, who was your toughest competitor? Who always gave you, like, a fit? And you've ran against all of them. <laughs> well, there was a, every track you went to, you had guys who were always tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I it's hard to say. I mean, you know, if you went up to New York, all them guys were always tough on their tracks. Um, East Windsor, yeah, I mean, that was just every week. Reading was every week. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it just, you know, you just tried your best and did whatever and, you know, tried to outdo everybody. That's That was the whole name of the game, you know. Yeah, it's uh, usually, you know, especially nowadays when, when drivers – Let's, let's say from the South Pennsylvania, New Jersey, yeah, uh, Delaware, go, go up to New York. They they struggle, but it's it, you know because the track services are so much different. But it seems like when you went up there, you had really no issues at all. Well, I don't. You know, they were they were all tough back then, and uh, we we would always be in the hunt. I don't know if that we were that that good, but we would 
be in the top five somewhere usually, you know. But uh, those guys are tough up there. They're they're they got all their tracks down good right now, you know. Their hands above everybody else right now. Yeah, that's what I always, that's what I always say. Well, but, and, hey, and it, not, I always, not because I'm from New York, but you know. <laughs> I think part of it has to do with guys up there still race for a living, to where down here you don't have as much of that anymore. Well, they have they have the slicker tracks, and uh, most like you know a lot of the tracks down here are a little on the wetter side usually to start out. Yep. But uh, they got them slick tracks down pretty good. Yeah, what kind of it. what kind of surface do you prefer, or did you prefer? Well, riding it used to get really slick back in the day too. You know, it was real. It was like ice all the way across the track. That's why you always had to run up against the wall or down against the guardrail to get any traction. That was most of the time, you know, unless it was early in the year when the tracks were wet and heavy. I liked all of them, you know what I mean? You just had to set your car for it to be right, you know. Right. And if you miss it by a little bit, sometimes you really missed it by a lot. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to say... Uh, you know, how how much of the racing do you still follow today? Oh, I keep track of it. I mean, I don't go a whole lot. I mean, uh, I was probably to seven races this year. Um, my Brad runs at Grandview, so I was down to three or I think four or five of his shows, and uh, then we were up to Port Royal, and I went to Susquehanna the other week. That was about all, and I hit a sprint show at uh, at Grandview back in uh, June, Thunder on the Hill. Do you miss it a lot? Do you miss it at all? Oh, I still like to drive, but I got burned out with all the work. When we did it, it was day and night, and we didn't do nothing else, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was probably like all year round, correct? We we ate and slept racing, that's all we did, you know. And you didn't do no family functions. Uh, when my daughter got married, I told her, you better do it in the wintertime or I won't be there. <laughs> yes, I love you, but sorry. I said, I love you, but sorry. So it's just, you know, you're running you're running for other people, you know, owners, and you got, you're running for points, so you just can't miss a race in the summertime when the owner expects you to be there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if uh, if somebody came to you, Maybe for just one race and said, hey, Kenny, I got this car. I, I really don't have anybody to drive it. You want to jump in it? Would you? Oh, I'd probably try it if it was a top-notch car. You know, it's it's tough enough if, uh, when they're top-notch, and and uh, I probably end up on my game as much as I was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a Helmar car, like what a billion-dollar operation there. <laughs> Well, you know, if they have cars that are working good and they know what they're doing, and I just oh, yeah. get in and drive it, why? That's a big help. Matt Shepard right. or Matt Williamson car? You know, I'd still have to probably adjust because the modifieds have changed a lot in the last year or two. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I think you could dial her in. I, I have confidence. I have faith in you. Well, we give it a try. You know. <laughs> well. I'm going to make it my mission this next year to try to find you a ride for we're, Yeah, for one we're going race. to find you a top-dollar ride, Kenny, for one race. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to let you win. 
Oh, is that how it is? Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be no fun then. <laughs> oh, we're not going. Well, we'll start you like third or something. You can pass like two cars. How's that? <laughs> I guarantee you that track sells out that race. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, the return of Kenny Brightfield for one race only? Yeah, it would. And we're going to try to set it up at the new Bridgeport Speedway. How's that How's that sound with all that um, bank? That'd be different. <laughs> Who was the funnest driver that you really enjoyed uh, racing against? Well, I had a lot of good races with Chamberlain at Reading, you know. Uh, well, uh, you know, you, there was a lot of guys we had a lot of good races with, you know, whether it was Jack Johnson in New York and Alan Johnson, Danny, you know, uh, Billy Decker, all them guys were all good. They're all good top-notch runners, you know, and they're tough to beat. And, uh just had a lot of good races with everybody, you know. Wouldn't change it, you know what I mean, what I've done all the years, you know what no, I mean. No, no, please don't. You're, it's 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 remarkable what you've achieved. I mean, you're the winningest driver at Reading. Against those guys, in my opinion, that puts you in at least the discussion of being the greatest of all time. Well, Reading was, Reading was in my backyard, and that's where we ran, you know, so... I had to be good there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you were pretty... You did okay. I mean, you did all right, but that you ran there, sure. <laughs> do you do, do you know what your longest win streak was at Reading? I think I had seven in a row. Seven in a row, okay. Well, actually, I won, and well, in that seven, I won four twenty fives in the same day. Yes, that's right. Uh, yep. Oh wow, that's seventy three. That yeah, that equals a hundred laps. That was the, that equals a hundred, Mike. Yeah, I know what that adds up. Oh, all right, <laughs> not Josh. They took NASCAR rules back. Now, back then, it divided it up into four segments. <laughs> so, is there? I know you've won a lot over your career. You've won a lot of big races. Is there any race that you really wanted to win that you just didn't win? Yeah, the Hillbilly One Hundred. <laughs> yeah, that was probably. <laughs> uh, we were always number of the years we were fast at Syracuse, and things didn't come out right. You know what I mean? That, right. That, that I'd like to win, you know, but that's just the way racing goes, you know. You can't change it. Uh, sure can. Um, now going back to present time, uh, does does uh, Brad ever come to you and ask you for help or suggestions on the car, or is uh, the the cars nowadays just completely different? Well, the car care? he the car he's running right now, we built the car, the whole car. Oh wow. We built the frame and everything on the, you know, from the ground up. Okay. That's and that's we great. have some of the some of the new stuff in it, you know that. Uh, yeah. You know. I I give him I try to give him ideas. Some sometimes he takes it, sometimes he don't. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Did you ever say say I told you to do that? If I told you to get one of those discussions with Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta don't. watch what I say. <laughs> okay, okay. So it, it, the answer is yes, Brian. I, I sometimes we do. Okay, father well, son, you know how it is. I got you. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't. Put it uh, this way: you... I, I, I try to suggest things, and if he wants, if he wants to try it, he tries it. If he doesn't want it, he don't. <laughs> That's right. That's on him, right? That's on him. <laughs> uh, have you tried any sprint cars? Oh, uh, back in 83, I had a sprint car. Uh, how many races did you run with that? 
Uh, let's see, probably about three or four. I, well, we had went to Florida and we ran, I think, three or four races down there with it, and then we came up. We ran Williams Grove with it. I think I timed 11th with the World Outlaws that year. That's not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But uh, it just didn't. Uh, once I got in the race with the other guys, the car just wasn't right. You know what I mean? I didn't run them long enough to. Uh, and then I ran Fred Raymer's car at uh, New Egypt, and I think I ran seventh or eighth with it. For only so, doing it a couple times, that's not bad. Yeah. So basically, you could drive. You put put you in anything. You kind of get it adjusted. You can you can probably go win in anything. Well, we we ran six NASCAR races too. How how was that experience from a uh, going from like these lighter slide around a dirt to a heavier car? Well, it was it was, it was interesting. What we had to adjust to the first race I ran at Pocono was I, I finished tenth. That's amazing, your first race. <laughs> the first race. Hi, guys. I'm Kenny Brightbill. I've never done this before. I get a top ten. Okay. And then we went to the next race. We went to Dover, and I finished eighth. So so you're better than Jimmy Horton when it comes to racing NASCAR. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. but No, Horton did okay. Horton did pretty good in his arc. He ran good. Yeah, he did. He did. And then uh, the best NASCAR finish I had was at Dover, and I had a seventh in the uh, Junie, Del- uh, Junie Dunleavy's uh, Trucksmore car. Okay, yeah. yes. That was the best finish I had. And then I had uh, a 12th at Pocono, a 22nd at Pocono, and we crashed bad at Dover one time. Ooh. Yeah, Dover's uh, an easy place to crash bad. Yeah, that's a fast mile. That's a real fast mile. Yeah, with all yeah. that banking. and the, the problem is there's all that banking. There's nowhere to go if you wreck because there's... Jersey well, the, the guy in front of me got a flat tire and got sideways, and I hit him in the side, and it shot him up, shot me straight into the wall. Oh. So, so wrecking, wrecking in, in NASCAR and wrecking in dirt modified has probably got to be 100% opposite of each other. Well, it was a hard hit, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. <clears throat> was that a hard adjustment, getting in from, you know, you know, running on dirt to running on asphalt? Because... You know, asphalt or dirt, I should say. You know, there's there could be multiple multiple lines you could run, but in NASCAR, I feel like there's that one line where you gotta you gotta hit your marks every lap. Well, it was tough for me as a beginner. Uh, the first time I ran Dover, uh, it was in uh, Smithfield Farms car. They were from Delaware, and uh, he said to me, he said, "Are you gonna?" Must we get you a relief driver? And I said, no. I said, I'll be here when the race is over. He said, well, that's what the other guys said that we had here, and we had to pull him out of the car and put a relief driver in. I said, I'll be here when the race is over. I, I finished the race, and we drove home in one Reading that night yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was in a lot better shape. <laughs> oh, man. He's got better stories than C.D. Colville, and that guy's a character. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, when did you start running uh, East Windsor on a regular basis? Uh, I think it was 95 or 6. Well, not and not to mention, you also have two two wins and a speedster. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had a couple in that. So you, you, anything you've jumped in uh, other than the... 
obviously the sprint car and a little bit of NASCAR you dabbled in. You pretty much have won in anything you've jumped in. Yeah. Well, we always try to do what we can, and that's about all we can do. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's, uh, whose speedster were you in when you when you won at Kutztown? Uh, Doug Rose uh, was like a rent, rental car from Tobias, you know. Okay. Oh, okay. That's all a Tobias deal, though, though, isn't it, with the speedsters? Yeah, that, everybody has the same car. Are those uh, I, We heard from a couple other drivers we had on the show that raced dirt modifieds and did the speedsters, and they said the speedsters are pretty close to driving a dirt modified. Any truth to that from you? Yeah, it's like driving an older dirt modified where you had to keep the car on there pretty good. Okay. You know, you, you couldn't get real crossed up with them things, you know. So they run pretty loose? They're on the looser side because they didn't have torsion, which, you know, helped drive them off the corner. You know what I mean? You couldn't get bent and drive out of it. Right. So, good. so you had to sort of keep them under you, like an old-time race car that you did on dirt, you know. Or a, or a Legends car, because I hear Legends cars are kind of like that, too. Uh, I never, Well, I never drove a Legend car, so I don't <laughs> But so uh, you can, Yeah, you can't tell you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, they were fun cars. We had we had a good time with them cars. Maybe maybe uh, Doug Rose will give you another ride one day. No, I don't know. <laughs> would, would you jump in a speedster again if you got a ride? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get in a modified for sure. You know, but not you know. I don't know about a speedster again. All right, we're going to get you a modified ride for a race. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be sponsored by us. I don't know who's. I don't. We don't know whose money we're going to use yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or who? Or whose car we're going to get? Maybe we can get yeah. you in. Uh, maybe we can get you in uh, one of those pouch cars. We got pretty good connections over there. Oh, okay. <laughs> or the creations. They, uh, the the pouches were going to put Kyle Larson in a modified at Port Royal. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he had a late model deal already lined up, and they were paying like a hundred grand to win or something. So back in the day, um, how close were the rules from, like, the PA Jersey area up to New York? Were they close where you could go, like, hey, I could take this car up to this track up in New York, so to speak? You could go anywhere because uh, yep. you didn't have tire rules. You didn't have track tires. So the the bodies were all about the same, so you could go almost any place. Yeah, yeah now now it's – I think it's too – it's – I think it's ridiculous anymore because how, like, you can't, you have to build a new car to go up to New York, and then New York's got to do the reverse to come down here. I, I don't like it. Well, the thing is, uh, it costs you a whole ton of money for tires because, yeah. uh, like I said, we could take the same tires on the car and run up in New right. York or wherever we went. We could, or like, say, our regular track rain out, we quick drive over to the other track that didn't rain out, and you didn't have to do anything now. Now you can't even go because you don't have their tires, you know. That's what stinks because, like you said, on a rainout, you could, like, hey, we're close to here. We could jump in and go. Like, oh, hey, tonight, wow, Kenny's here. Yeah, because uh, so-and-so, that track rained out, so he's here. You know, you can't even do that anymore. Yeah, you, unless you'd have to, you know, you have to go there and buy all new tires. Or... Yeah, yeah, it's going to cost us, like, $1,000 just to run there. Right. That's why, well, just yeah, a lot of teams will just say pack it in for tonight because – well, because we don't have a thousand dollars for tires, so to speak. Well, that right. not only that, but then you know you got your different seals on the motors too. If you're running spec motors, you know your your New York your dirt spec motor in New York is a different, a little bit different than the spec motor in PA. We had a New York guy on earlier, and 
when he came down for the coal cracker, <clears throat> he said that if he would have finished in the top three, they would have tore his motor down because he didn't have PA seals on the motor. So it's it, there's so much involved with him now. Right. It's uh, they the promoters and the tracks and stuff. They uh, they need to get on the same page to to help you know bring the cost of racing down so that guys can travel more. Yeah, I know some of the spec motors are a little bit more open. Certain things are open more than New York uh, spec motors, you know. Right. Yeah. I, we like the speed, of course. But what we just like for us as fans, like, we want to see everybody be more on the same page like it was back in the day. Right. That way, That way you can see other drivers from other places and stuff mix it up. But I don't know. Hopefully that happens one day. Who knows? Well, maybe it'll change. Who knows? <laughs> we'll try our best, right? Racing's always changing, so. Any last questions? No, I'm I'm, uh, I'm good. I, I we appreciate you coming on the show, Kenny. It yes, was a, it was a blast talking to you and and picking your brain from the from the years past. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Kenny. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, everybody. That was the one, the only Kenny Brightbill. How cool was that? That was that was awesome. It was like and my all-time favorite dirt modified driver, and in my opinion, the greatest of all time. Absolute legend. Yeah, you know, he starts at yeah, he's legend. He's iconic. He's iconic in the dirt yeah. modified world, dude. I mean, the late model world too. He's in the late model Hall of Fame. The national. He's in the. the <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's in the Northeast Dirt Modified Hall of Fame. The one up in Weedsport. We just had to let, uh, I think at Empire, uh, Eastern Motorsports Press Association Hall. I, I think there's like, what, 11? 11 different Hall of Fames? Yeah. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he's that good. He played high yeah. school one time against Al Bundy or something. He's got 13, I think like a total of 13 late model wins. And they're all over like the Northeast. Like, I mean, like you said, he's got one down at Tri County in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, out in Indiana, he's got one. Uh, New York. Uh, Delaware, Maryland. I mean, the guy just—he could flat out drive. Here's the, here's the thing that got me was like maybe his father raced or an uncle. Now oh. I was just kicking around the pits. I didn't even want, really want to race. It goes on to become the greatest didn't, of all time. It starts out with thirty five dollars. Didn't know anything I mean, about just to get just to, to start. Didn't and know anything it, about it racing. He taught himself. Yeah. Yeah. Bought, bought some magazines. Here he is, like. Yeah. It's just yeah, magazine. It's I, I can't I can't get over it. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's amazing. just amazing. That's <laughs> I'm still I'm still in awe of that. So you know what else is crazy? We're going from tonight. We have arguably the greatest modified driver ever, all time, all yep. time, At all all time. To going to third, we got a special show this Thursday to probably. Arguably the greatest modified driver currently. Yeah, all in one week, kids. I all, mean, in, all in one week. That's why we have our administrator, Jennifer. She pulled that off. Oh, I pulled off the Kenny deal. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And then she pulls off with this. At, at the, yeah. I, I, yeah, wow, dude. What a, what a way to <laughs> yes. And We got one more. We got two more shows. End with us and then next week. Well, technically three more if you count the Matt Shepard show. I mean, I'm already there Thursday night talking to Matt. Yeah, no, I, I already got questions in my head for him. and uh, 
So Kenny, yeah, yeah. So so Kenny, like you know, Reading, you did good. Yeah, it was only because it was like five minutes from my house. But, <laughs> but you're the all-time winner against and it, it, the guy's so humble, he makes no big deal, dude. You raced against Altaz Nady, Bobby Gerhardt, Bobby Gerhardt's the uh, yeah, Gerald Chamberlain by himself. Dude, it's like Kenny. Uh, Dave Kelly, who, who, he's who just were, so humble. Who, he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Hey, hey, know. Kenny, who were some of the good drivers you raced against? And then he names the whole field. Yeah, yeah, he just named everybody at Reading. All right, so so not like uh, so they're all good. He goes even that, to New York boys. Yeah, it just, that just shows you how much he respected other drivers. Up all over the place, whoever he yep. went against. Yep, one of the cleanest drivers I've ever seen. He could yep. be aggressive, but like clean aggressive. That makes sense. I've watched him. I was at East Windsor one time because I want to go see one of my favorites at, a tr- at East, East Windsor. So I go down there on a Friday night. It was like around a July 4th weekend, and he didn't qualify. He had to take a provisional to make the feature. So so he went. You want to talk about this guy picking cars off in like every possible lane that you could and won. Oh, and yeah. he's racing against Billy Powell Sr., Hoffman, <laughs> Cozy, Horton. You know, I watched him win a bunch of races at Bridgeport when I was a kid. He's, he's he's good. I just don't know what else. The guy's for me. You know, he's my favorite. He's amazing. And just think about it. He won. He's won races in the last ten years. And he's in his seventies. Seventy-two. Yeah, he's like around my father's. Yeah, he's like the past ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, which I mean, I mean, it's not that crazy thing about because I mean, I, I would think Pouch Senior's probably in his sixties. Well, Alan Johnson's sixty-two. I think him and Pouch are around the same age, and they. They yeah, Alan, Alan. just won another track chain. Alan, 46 years in a row? Yeah, with a win. That, that's ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. That That that's is ridiculous. Insane. That's insane. There's guys that don't even win 46 races in their career. And these are some of the best of all time. And he's racing at a, at tracks like Outlaw on Friday nights where yeah, it's, it's pretty, a stacked field. Yeah, I mean, Payne, Danny Johnson, Shepard, of course. uh yeah, him. Uh, no, his son Kyle. Or, yeah, Kyle. I'm sorry, Kyle. Kyle. Uh, Siri, Tyler's all right. Tyler's, Tyler's not bad. Tyler's decent. Tyler's yeah. solid. He's pretty solid. I mean, they got a couple young guns up there that are pretty good. Yeah, uh, up and comers. Yeah, I mean, and, and let's just be honest. You know, <clears throat> Matt Matt Shepard wins there an awful lot. So if you can go there and beat Matt on a Friday night, you, you know, you're doing something. Yeah, and especially with the other three Hall of Famers. I know they're not the same, but still, they still got wins in them, obviously. Yeah, Payne won a couple times this year there. Yeah, so did Danny and so did Allen. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and then I don't know where Allen races on Saturdays. He's still going to uh, Land of Legends on Saturday night. Once in a while, it depends if he can get a car ready or not for it. Yeah. So, I mean, in Land of Legends, I think they, they fell off a little bit this year with the, the competition. Yeah. But, uh. What, Atlanta Legends? Yeah. I thought it was more stacked this year, to be honest you with you. So? Well, yeah. I mean, Shepard leaves, and I think the Which competition. Which, if Fuller was off. up there, I, I, that was, dude, look at the top ten. Larry White. Larry, yeah, Larry he was dominated just, there this year. Huh? Dominated. He dominated this year. Against a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty stacked field. Steve Payne runs there Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, those guys race there for you. Uh, like Steve Payne and those guys race there for you. Uh, Pat Ward. Who's, who's the bigger Bigger guy, I always forget his name. Uh, Justin, just, no, uh, Justin, Justin Hares. He's a big boy. He is a big boy. He's a very big boy. He's pretty good there. He's not he bad. He's okay. He's, he's decent. 
I don't know how much Jimmy Phelps really ran there this year because yeah, I, it might have been a once in a while. You could be yeah. right because Darby he's a Brewerton Fulton guy. Yeah. Oh and, no, uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. He ran there. Yeah, full so time he a regular, years yeah, because he wanted to do big blocks. His foot when Fulton switched to small block, he decided yeah. I want to. I still want to do uh, big blocks, so he went yeah, up to Lance Legend. Yeah, because HBR had him and uh, Mad Max running for him. Yes, but then Brewerton was definitely Brewerton's another stack track too. Yeah, absolutely. We shall get there one day. Dude, I mean, honestly, you can look at pretty much any New York track and be like, that field is ridiculous. Albany, Saratoga. Orange County. Oh, speaking of Orange County. Yeah, small blocks. What the hell is going on? They're going to run big blocks on Thursdays? <laughs> on special events, but there's supposed to be a big payout for it. Oh, so they're not even running every Thursday. No, I heard special events on it. I don't. So and, I then, want the, and then Hearn's trying to put the small block together. All right, so I, I so had some small blocks. Right. going to be headline division every week. Yes, yes. Now that's, here's that's well, five eights. I, I understand they're running like faster lap times or close to it. All right, back in the day when I first started going there in '78, you always had the small block and big block right. as regulars every week. But the big block, of course, was your headline division. Then as years went by, the small block division dropped off. They would do, I don't know, let's say 11, 15 shows, like every like that. So I'm thinking about this, right? I'm like, this is all right. First of all, it's going to be weird that no big blocks your premier division at uh, Orange County anymore. Anyway, for, for at least a year on a 5-8 mile. But small blocks are pretty fast there. They are. Believe it or yeah. not. So my, my thought is, okay, with all this uh, Chinese buffet virus bullshit going on. I think Hearns, because it's probably cheaper to run a small block, obviously, well, depending is, on the motor. Well, he's, yeah. I think he's trying to look to get a fuller car count, maybe. Yeah, but this past year, I don't know. have a really good car count in big blocks. I mean, you got Shepard traveling four hours one way to your track. You had, you know, Ryan Creighton was going to go. Well, Ryan was there. Was, yeah, well, yeah, was so going to go. So was Guler. So Guler was going to go. Again. Uh, yeah, you know, like you said, Perego, uh, Dylan Storyer was there. Storyer was there. Yep. I mean, I feel like they had a good car count. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the thought process is here. So, That's my only thing. Is if it's a little cheaper, maybe he's looking to get more of a Saturday, more car counts. I, I don't know, Mike. So I think uh, we'll have to ask Shepard, but I'd imagine he's going to go back to Land of Legends Saturday. Yeah, night. I'm like, I'm. I'm not seeing. He's a big block guy. He's a big block guy. Yeah, in my opinion, you, I, I'll. I'll guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee. We'll have to ask him, of course. But I can see him doing the Thursday special shows at a big block. Come on down if it's for some big money. As long as there's not a, a tour race for either tour, Short Track Super Series or uh, Super Dirt. Uh, dirt won't because Orange County's dirt sanctioned unless they have a Thursday show for, for that. So I don't see that being a conflict, right. for, at least with the SDS. And Short Track Super Series doesn't normally run on a on a uh, Thursday. Usually a Tuesday, Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, usually a Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Sunday. Or yeah, because you know what? Because Brett wants to get those those uh, dirt guys and his he series does. also. So yeah. he wants the match. So you think about it, yeah. So you think about it, he's trying to play nice too because I want those guys over here also. They bring fans in the stands. It's I I just like to feel I just like the Short Track Super Series better. I do too. It's do less too. laps. I just. In my opinion, I still think you get a better mix of cars, especially with this grand champion thing going on. Also, uh, Short Track Super Series announces today that they're going back to New Egypt. I saw that. Isn't that with that Dirty Jersey race? It, it used to be called Dirty Jersey, and then the Dirty Jersey race moved to Bridgeport. Um, 
So I don't know what it's going to be called. And I wonder if they're going to go to Bridgeport. I know they had it on the schedule last year. And it was at the beginning of the year. COVID happened. They didn't get there. But they never made the race up. So I don't know. Because, you know, Bridgeport ended up racing from June on. Yeah. And yeah. Short Track Super Series never ended up rescheduling or anything. So hopefully they can make it there. Because we just want to see all those all those guys at Bridgeport. That's going to be a midweek show. That kind of sucks, but whatever. Well, oh, you can just, or I can just buy it. If they do it early in the year, it won't be a midweek show. Well, I think the You'd last. do it like March. The last time they did a three, they did, the last time Short Track Super Series was a Bridgeport, they did a three-eighths mile. That was yes. 20, that was 2018. No, 2019. I, I can't remember if it was 20, I think it was 2018. And I think it was a Sunday show. I can't remember. Yeah. I know Jeff, Jeff Strunk won. Yes. Speaking of which, uh, should be an announcement with Jeff Strunk coming up who he's driving for. I think I already know who it is. Yeah, I kind of called it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, who I mean, who I mean, didn't I, see that come? Yeah, how would I not find out first firsthand? That's what we do here on the loud pedal. Yeah, he's driving for Brett Hearn, everybody. Yep, in a 20 car. Budweiser's going to be the sponsor. And, and his backup car is going to be the O2. Josh, Josh, Josh Schaefer, PBR Josh told us that. Yeah. Just so. he stayed the night at Shrunk's house the other night. Yep. On his front, front lawn. Drinking PBRs. Just being drunk. Jeff, Jeff, throwing rocks at Jeff's window so he come out and play. Yeah. Just a little, little tap and tap him with a little. Jennifer, play. Jennifer just got back from bailing his ass out because of that again. Yeah, all all the profits we've made here at the Loud Pedal. Went to bail Josh out for his obsession and stalking habits of Jeff Strunk, everybody. Now Strunk has a restraining order. Yes, that yeah, it's got, we got to go back to court for that. <laughs> oh, who's Jeff. next? Who's next on uh, Josh's hit list? You know, I mean, uh, so we're warning, we're warning all big block drivers out there, any dirt modified oh. driver, be aware of PBR Josh. Well, Strunk's not a big block driver. All 358 small block drivers, please be aware. <laughs> if you see him picking through the window, you know who it is. So, so Don Buffalino to the 126, which, uh, from what I've heard, they're going to run Bridgeport this year. Yeah, but what, what, what is, uh, when are they going to be running? Saturday or Sundays? Saturdays. I'll say goodbye to you, Egypt. So, uh, Danny Buff. To Bridgeport from New Egypt. Yeah, but we knew that back in the next yeah. Nick Lee show. Nick Lee, that, uh, <laughs> I think, I think Bridge, I think this year is coming up. I think, it's, uh, no disrespect to New Egypt, I love that track. Uh, it's going to be Bridgeport and, and Grandview are going to be the two tracks that have the biggest car counts this year on a weekly basis. Um, Big Diamond, because everybody's there on well, Friday that's, nights that's, pretty that's, much. Yeah, so. that's, Friday, that's the only Friday night track around here. And then it splits off. Well, then it splits off into three, like you said. Yeah, New Egypt's going to be. Uh, I think they're going to be hurting for cars. That's that's a shame. I, I heard they lost their sportsman sponsorship. Now this is uh, all hearsay. I don't know for sure, but I heard they lost their their sportsman division uh, sponsorship. Well, he's we got we got a couple of good friends down there to let us clarify that up for us. Uh, from what I heard, he's taking his sponsorship to Bridgeport. <laughs> That's going to be, ugh. 
So I don't know how much dirty work is going behind the scenes with, you know, sounds like a lot certain, of dirty work. A certain track owner reaching out to people and saying, yeah, hey, let's go like this, right with the checkbook, <laughs> and then fuck Benjamin's out for him. So, uh, you know, there's more in it for you. So he's yeah. like the, so he's basically going to be like the Don King of New you Jersey modified racing. You know, I'll tell you a couple extra Benjis here in tow money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we'll get you that fur coat, be all pipped out with the hat and the feather in it. Absolutely. Well, we know two guys are probably going to stay at New Egypt. That's uh, our good friends, the, the Cretans and uh, probably Billy Jr., more than likely. Yeah, because I don't think Billy wants to race against his dad on a weekly basis. No. And then and the Cretans love uh, New Egypt, so they're not going to go anywhere. I think the Grosso's will stay at New Egypt. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, so... I mean, in the sport in the sportsman division, you know, I don't think Houseworth's going to leave New Egypt. Doesn't sound like he's going to. Now he loves that place. So, I mean, they're still going to have a decent amount of cars, but I don't think they're going to. I think Houseworth House might possibly move up next year too. Yeah, sure. It depends on what he, what motor he gets hands on. That's yeah. I said possibly. It wasn't a definite, but yeah, I think uh, New Egypt's going to be like high teens, low twenties on a weekly basis for car count for the modifieds. Uh, so it's a New York track on a Saturday night. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And I think Bridgeport's gonna, I think Bridgeport's gonna break the thirty car mark on the on a weekly basis. Well, see what happens, I guess. Who knows? Hey, you, you can get some pissed off people uh, at Bridgeport, like screw it, we're going back to New Egypt. Who knows? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They, well, they who, knows? Tech, who knows? They, they, they fail tech inspection or, or whatever it may be, and even yeah. if it's their own fault that they they failed, they'll just be like, oh, screw this place, I'm out of here. That's great. I can pay the tech guys off at that other track, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's how, uh, Stangle, that's how Stangle ended up at Bridgeport, because he got mad at the tech guys at yep. New Egypt. Yep. Well. I don't know. We'll see. All right, kids. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you once again to the legend, the Shillington Slingshot, Mr. Excitement, Kenny Brightbill, my co-host, Big Daddy. Michael Clark Griswold. See y'all later. And me at the mouth for signing off. And you've been black flagged. Shut the f up.